again, me popsicles, and welcome to season two of Science Fiction Remnant. Go ahead and grab your multipass, a drink, and sit back with us and geek out about sci-fi. Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. And hang around to the end of the episodes for the real world science that was inspired by your favorite science fiction. Let's do this. Let's talk about science fiction topics in books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Audible, Groupods, or whatever you listen to podcasts. You can catch the video pods on our YouTube a month later. And don't forget your multipass, you me popsicles. Science Fiction Remnant is brought to you by the hashtag This Is Sci-Fi. No capital cuties were harmed in the making of this commercial. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Somebody else too, but I can't see his face. He's dead. The man you told me to look at the other night. Scientist crushed by train. <laughs> Welcome to the last episode of the podcast, I Wouldn't Die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me as always is Aaron. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Uh, this week on the podcast that wouldn't die, we're discussing the ancient Giallo classic from 1971, The Cat or Nine Tales, starring Carl Malden and James Franciscus of all freaking people. Amazing. Who, f who, who knew that Carl Malden was so fluent in Italian? Shocking. Truly shocking. Shocking indeed. Each week on the podcast, I Wouldn't Die, we discuss guilty pleasures and forgotten classics of the horror and sci-fi genres with a comedic twist. Aaron, would you care to enlighten our audience with the, the hellstorm that we just put up with the last half hour? All I can tell you is sometime in the 90s, I like worked at Apple Computer. And while I wasn't part of the tech department as like the secretary, I would crawl around on the floor and check that people's printers were hooked up and shit like that and now we just spent 20 minutes because i have clogged up my main computer with my my other hobby which is photography so there's no space so now the podcast won't download so now i'm working my using my work surface pro which i still can't figure out how to get the camera to, to look at me correctly and something was wrong. I have to peel off the protection around it that my work has, has put on it to be able to plug a headphone into it, which somehow muted my my uh, my earbuds. Somehow I thought it was I was somehow it um, I was searching in the databases, but apparently because it said a hundred, like it goes to a hundred, there's a line to a hundred. But if you click on the little speaker where there's a little X, it takes the X away. So you muted the microphone or the headphones. I did, you muted the headphones. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Surface Pro did it. The Baba Duke did it? I think you're the one who did it. God damn it. Anyway. Something about this machine decided that that needed to happen and, and somehow just plug it in the the effing earbuds caused it to happen i, I think if you me. check it was the user that caused it to happen <laughs> if we had to go That's sweet we always we all, we all look at each other and we go like user error user error did, so did you restart the computer could you do it again let's do that one more time Five more freaking times. Let's restart this GD thing. Anywho, <laughs> sweet Jesus. So we're actually going on a podcast in a month or two to discuss uh, various Dario Argento Giallo films. Uh, so we're like, why not cut to the chase? So we're doing uh, Cat of Nine Tales. And we're, again, directed by Dario Argento. Neither one of us had seen this. Aaron, give us your no. 30. Not doing it? You're you're protesting? Oh, you didn't even say give it. I think you froze for a second. I said, 
would you like to give us your 30? And you said, no. To which I said, okay, I guess we're not doing that. Go ahead, give us your Did 30s. I? No, that, now that was the Duke for sure. Give us your 30-second synopsis <laughs> of The Cat of Nine Tails. God damn it. As we know, it is a detective novel. It's a detective show uh, in Italian, not dubbed. At least my version was not dubbed. Well, there's two different but versions that I saw. You watched it twice? No, I started to watch it on... Um, I was on Voodoo for free. And I was watching it with... Uh, it was in English with subtitles because I'm old. And then it like a day later, I tried to finish it and Voodoo had kicked it off the, the free. Like it literally one day later. So then I go on to Tubi. And Tubi had it, but the, the quality was horrific was nightmarish and there was no way to, to do subtitles on it. it. It was in English, no subtitles, horrible quality. So then I went to Plex and Plex had two different versions. One in, in Italian with subtitles in English and one in English with no subtitles. So I said, you know what? I'm rolling the dice. I'm going to, I just, I listened to the English version because I, I like the crazy dubbing. So what did you want? Oh, doing? they're still dubbing. Don't get me wrong. Yes. So I watched it on Tubi because I tried to watch it on Vudu, and they were going to try to make me remember my fucking password. Have you noticed you go on to these things and every now and then they just clear all the account information out? And then I got to remember. So I said, fuck you, Walmart. And I rolled right over to my sweet friends at Tubi where I watched it in Italian with English subtitles. I think I think it's like Carl Malden is not speaking Italian. He's just dubbed with an Italian, a crazy Italian voice. I hate to break it to you. I never, I never thought for a minute that he was actually speaking Italian. So let me just throw that out there. But it was Fair nice enough. listening to Italian. Fair enough. Yes. So Go ahead. detective, blind dude, small Italian child in tow. She looks like if she was a, a tiny little nun. Uh, they're being followed. There's a situation with a lab where <laughs> there is intellectual property stolen. Basically, it comes down to there's people, dudes with an X and an extra Y chromosome that are prone to madness. Apparently this is a real thing because I immediately I'm like, is this some kind of Nazi shit? The, but the I, madness I is not real. Kleinfelter's, <laughs> but I, it's Kleinfelter's syndrome. They did a, a, a survey of serial killers. A lot of them have the extra chromosome. Anyway, uh, it all comes down to, you know, exactly what you thought. Somebody in the lab was like, whoops, I got that. I'm going, they're going to fire me because I got that extra Y chromosome. Why did I just kill a whole bunch of people? Including like an old blind guy. I'm going to try to kill an old blind guy with his tiny nun-like child and yes. a reporter. Because they're the ones cracking the case. Hijinks ensues. A couple of classic Argento scenes, one involving a train and another uh, people sliding down an elevator shaft. Good times. Good times had by all. It was a little long. A little, I mean, yes. And not, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, neither one of us had seen this before. We like to consider ourselves giallo experts, but we've seen a grand total of like four between us. Uh but all Argento, of course. All Argento, absolutely. But it was like, usually, like we watch Deep Red, uh, for example, and I usually you it feels scarier. Like this seemed more like a straight up kind of like you said, like a almost like a police story, more than there's a kill a killer on the loose story. You know what I mean? What were your feelings? Like the mood seemed different to me. Well, I mean, Jalo is more of a detective kind of situation. I mean, That's what, Deep yes. Red, there's a detective. Suspiria, not so much. No, you're, you're right. I mean, yes. You know, uh, Jalo comes from Italian, meaning yellow, referring to the kind of the yellow paper from the old, like, detective paperbacks. 
or whatever was the idea. So yes, right. they're they're supposed to be kind of detective kind of stories. Usually it's a detective or a reporter who's trying to solve the mystery of who the killer is. But looking back at uh, uh, Deep Red or I Saw Tenebrae, it, it's, those seem scarier to me. Like it was like, oh my God. Yeah. And more violent. More like blood and More violent. This yeah. was very tame, except for the it train was. situation, of course. That was classic. That was, <laughs> yes, that was, we we're going we're gonna to talk about that good stuff. Um, but and it, this it's is also, part of a trilogy. He has all these trilogies. Yes. Go ahead. We're seeing two of them. We're, later on, we're going to do Four Flies on Grey Velvet. And then there's actually a third one, which is the bird with the crystal plumage. Right. And they all have crazy, uh, like, kind of animalistic titles for for really very, not much of a reason behind it. Like, literally, they said this movie's called Cat and Nine Tails just because, well, there's nine leads that we have to follow. That's, that's a pretty weak yeah. connection between yeah. why it's called. Yeah. No one's getting whipped with anything. I was waiting for the whipping no. scene. There's no actual cats, uh, no, no nine tails, none of that. None of that stuff. Anywho, why don't we jump right in? Aaron, Boom. what do you got? What are your highlights for Cat and Nine Tails? Oh, my God. I have to tell you. The, everybody has to die in the most peculiar freaking way. Yes. Possible. You can't just... And people have to die for no apparent reason in a peculiar way. But yes. the apex is the dude who gets pushed in front of the train. We have the close-up of the head hitting the front of the train. And then the train goes by. It's like you've rolled over your Ken doll as the body starts yes. slowly spinning as the train goes by. Pure Correct. With that tomato, ketchup, blood red, and people in their gasping and everything. And yeah. everybody taking pictures. <laughs> it's basically somebody went Good to Woolworth's. Stuff. So we went to Woolworths, <laughs> grabbed an old mannequin, and just threw it onto the tracks and let the hijinks ensue. Again, this is a crowded, <laughs> this is a crowded uh, train station, and the killer, the faceless killer, pushes the dude onto the tracks in front of the train in full view because they said there's like uh, twenty uh, photojournalists because some starlet is arriving at, at just that time. No one. Gets a picture of the murderer who killed somebody in front of 50 people? Just and, a hand. And then they, leave, they leave the body immediately to go take pictures of the starlet. They did not give a good goddamn. The one guy was like, well, I got a couple shots. What are the starlets over here? Moving on. This is Italy, I exactly. guess. Exactly. And, and then they posted the pictures of the dude in the newspaper, the front page, falling in front of the train. And... Right. Uh, I mean, not the police don't say this. I mean, this is like the journalist. Did you crop that picture? Did you bother to look what else is in that picture? And they're like, huh. Oh, you're right. I kind of just, I, didn't, I just I didn't, cropped it for I no reason. About, I didn't think about looking at any of the actual pictures I took. Right. The hands well, re-pushing well, somebody. Well, what do you know? There is literally a hand pushing a dude. How's about that? And then he got the joke, the Joker biz. He I got love killed. that people are just like garroting each other. I mean, yes. let's bring that back. You don't see that much anymore. It's big in Italy. They love to garrot each other. They're doing it all the live long day. Very All upsetting. the live long day. Especially when you're like small scientists with brown eyes. It's uh, true. Do you notice that our general, there's always an eye thing. Like David Lynch, there's always an ear somewhere. Absolutely. This zoom in on the killer's extreme. eyes. Zoom in, zoom in. I'm always like, what color eyes? Well, we know it's all the journalists because he has blue eyes. Right. Well, and that happens sometimes in Argento things where the protagonist occasionally is the killer. There's a reveal. So no one no one is above suspicion in an Argento thing. I was waiting for Carl Malden to be like, I'm not yeah. really blind. Pull off his glasses. I, I thought, thought that was coming. I I thought that was Carl who slaps the little girl and throws her in the back of the car like, shut up, chick. And then he was going to be like, uh, oh, yeah, that's on. I ain't blind. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Now, Let's what, do this. 
Was there any reason? Because Carl Malden is, is a blind uh, crossword puzzle designer who used to be a journalist. Thank goodness. Um, Thank goodness. Is there any officer or something? <laughs> why did he have to be blind? I was waiting for him to use like his other senses, like, oh, because of my super hearing, I can identify the killer's voice or something. But it really well, didn't come up. He is super nosy. He sends that child out like a helper monkey to go look in strange cars, who was in there, what were they saying, did it for just a, a, a walk down the street. I'm like, I thought he was wanted by the law. Right. Well, he Didn't walks. You think he's walking. He was super suspicious. Well, it's also like, what's the connection to the little girl that he's always with? Because she doesn't call him dad. It isn't until like 45 minutes in the movie. They're like, oh, by the way, this is my niece. My niece. That I, I purchased in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You're right. He's walking down the street. And I literally wrote down, is he a pedof- neighborhood pedophile? I don't know what the story is. Uh, but he's walking by the car and he hears somebody say something to the effect of, I'm not trying to blackmail you, but I just think you need to know. Like, that's all we know. And he sends a little girl uh, back to investigate. And she's like, yeah, the one guy has brown hair. The other guy can't identify at all. And these are not helpful descriptions, by the way, helper, no. helper monkey. Well, a brown haired <laughs> guy in Italy. What are the odds? <laughs> Shocking. It can't be. Shocking. Yeah. And the killer had brown eyes. What are the odds? Italy. I know. It is Italy. Well, now, and sometimes for Argento, they're obviously filmed in, in Italy, but the main characters are like, I just flew in from England, or I just flew in from America. Usually they kind of do something like that, but they didn't do that for this one. Carl Malden was, oh, what the hell was his name? He had a very Italian name. It was something like Arno. And James Franciscus was like uh, uh, Giordani. Like they both have, like yeah. they were they were supposed they were to be Italian. Italian. Yes. Right. This Which is fine. David Henning from uh, Barbarella rolling in as the detective in uh, Profonda Rosa. Right. It's a whole different kettle of fish. So it was interesting. I mean, I'm, I mean, I always like to say this. I'm much younger than you. So to me, Carl Malden, in my youth, was primarily in the American Express commercials. Don't leave home without it. That's the only thing I knew I'm about Carl sure. Malden. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Carl Malden is always old. He's one yes. of those actors who was like, you may be 20, but you look like you're 60. Absolutely. So Carl Malden, uh, even though I'm older than you, has always been Carl Malden. Well, and this is before he was in this. this is, we usually do, uh, you know, talking about the actors, but his big claim to fame, you can correct me, is he was on the streets of San Francisco with Michael Douglas in the late 60s playing police. Oh, op. shit. That's yes. right. Not that I was watching it in the 60s, but uh, actually, I never really liked that show, by the by. Uh, so I, I don't have a lot of Streets of San Francisco biz buzz. But growing up uh, in the 70s, you watched TV because it was on. There was two hours of cartoons in the afternoon. So you watch whatever motherfucking no cartoons on Sundays. What If it was on, you were watching it. If it wasn't right. Jesus programming or football, I was watching all kinds of bullshit. Well, you had, Wagon yeah. train. What oh. the fuck? Valley Just because you were a kid. Big Valley, <laughs> Bonanza, whatever. So many westerns that, that I hated. Absolutely. Yet there was that. What else am I going to do? Go out and play? No. Read a book? Absolutely. Read not. a book? Oh, you fool. The devil, you say. <laughs> well, again, there were ostensibly 13 channels, but there was no channel number one. That's And true. then there was. What a channel was just like the TV guide. Where what was it? Is that right? Am I remember this correctly? I don't it was kind I of like an information, remember. like an information channel, which didn't really have anything on it. And one channel was in Spanish, so you're one already thin in the herd. You're already thin. Well, then there was UHF. You can like dial it and wiggle the ears. I, but I either way, TV signed off at like eleven o'clock. It was like uh, Johnny Carson was over, and then you got a test pattern. Then it was poltergeist time. Now, what do you know James Franciscus from? 
he looked for he looked familiar, but I couldn't figure out why. I thought he was Italian. Uh, I mean, he might be in descent. I mean, he's an American actor. He's famous to me because he was in the sequel to Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, um, where Charlton Heston basically said, like, I ain't doing no sequels. They're like, well, you're under contract. He's like, how about this? I show up for the last five minutes and then the planet blows up. They're like, okay, sounds good. Let's just find a false Charlton Heston to fill in for you for the rest of the movie. And that was James Franciscus. Interesting. Because I don't, I mean, maybe I saw it. Because if it was on TV, I would have watched it. Because it was on TV. But he does have that 70s porn star heartthrob look to him. Where there's a mustache and they look like they're a little dirty. Kind of a Brad Pitt situation. There's There's some stank on him. There's some stank on him for sure. James Franciscus is a journalist who's trying to figure out, because there was a murder. Five minutes after the blind dude walked by with his little child, uh, whoever was in the car that the little girl couldn't identify uh, breaks into the local genetics. <laughs> the genetics, the science lab, whatever it is, he sneaks in. But he kind of, it wasn't a murder. He conked the the uh, the guy who worked who worked the gate the guard the gate the guard the security guard bonks him on the head right. throws him in the thing and then breaks in. But they can't figure out what was stolen. So that was the the issue, and the reveal as to what was stolen and why is the most ridiculous shit that I've ever seen. So you murdered this many people for this reason. So stupid. So stupid. I knew that my secret that I had the Kleinfelters would be discovered and I would lose my job. So I will kill. I will kill. I will kill. Um, If that doesn't prove the extra Y chromosome send you on a spree, then, then that just logic alone. Right. That's the question. So there, okay, I've actually looked this up. XYY syndrome is also known as Jacob's syndrome. And it was kind of what they realized is that for some reason in the 70s, there was a lot of media discussing this. But they attached, what they said is, basically, if you have the extra Y chromosome, uh, you the symptoms that you get are you're generally taller than average. You Uh-oh. have increased risk Uh-oh. of learning disabilities. We need to check out our family. There might be you're some problems me. here. Increased <laughs> risk of learning disabilities. And that's about it. And that's about it. There's nothing Did I about... the wrong thing? There was well, something about some... smaller testicles and... That's, you're talking about and... Kleinfelter syndrome, which What's is a little difference? bit different. But uh, they also have the extra. They have an extra X. Oh, they Klein have an extra Felter X. C- yes. That's different. All right. So it's the, it's the extra Y that gives you it's the crazies. The, it's the extra Well, we can look that up too. But that's everything else about it. And you wouldn't even necessarily notice. The average, like this happens to one in a thousand males. Except for the bodies in the uh, backyard. You're right, that's, Jeffrey that's Dahmer. I think you might that's, notice. Okay. Your backyard I'm, is well aerated. That's Okay, I'm going to look up XXY because that was the thing. Everybody in the 70s in books and in TV were talking about if you have this extra chromosome, you are psychotic. You, there's nothing I mean, else you can do about like it. It sounds like phrenology. It sounds like some Hitler shit. Well, you know, you got a bump here, so that indicates insanity. Even though you're not doing it, we should probably just box you up. This sounds like all that weird stuff. Like, besides phrenology, there was right. all that that Nazi stuff of bone structure, and this is oh yeah Jewish and this racism. Is so this is how we know. We we like to call it racism. But they're, they're going to throw we some do. science stank on it. Uh, okay, I'm going to read you Kleinfelter syndrome, which happens in 1 to 500 to 1,000 Before we start getting males. the letters. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. It's a male with an additional X chromosome. Primary features are infertility, small, poorly functioning testicles. That's upsetting. 
Sometimes See, symptoms that, more think evident. That would make you the crazies. Maybe. May include weaker muscles, greater height, poor motor coordination, less body hair, breast growth, and less interest in sex. Again, nothing about and turns you into a deranged lunatic. So there you go. This is we're the learning extra stuff. Why when they survey people in prisons, a lot of serial killers. This is more. That's what they say in this movie. And, no, no, I googled it. Well, I just googled going it. On. This is this is anecdotal. <laughs> I mean, we haven't interviewed every serial killer and done we DNA have. testing. We've done it. We've done it all. We've checked them all out. John Wayne Gacy. They all have that extra jo- Y. Why? Why? Argento figured this out for all of us, so we don't have to. So anyway, but, they're going to discover it. I mean, because what are you going to do with this technology? Just just DNA test everybody and, and set up uh, prison camps for those uh, yes. with the cr- extra chromosome? That's what we have to do, evidently. Well, and, and that's kind of the, the grand reveal is one of the freaking scientists was told you by one it. of the other scientists, hey, heads up, you have an extra Y. And the guy was so upset that he breaks in and he kind of like changes the records ostensibly. So he doesn't take anything. He just alters the records to show, no, I don't have an extra chromosome. We're good. But then it's like, go ahead. Then guy who gets pushed in front of the train says, I just found a way to improve my career with a little blackmail. It's not blackmail. I just want to, withhold this information and exchange uh you will For promote money. me and good things will happen to me yeah but it's not blackmail because i don't know blackmail. i didn't write it on a piece of paper pretty much pretty much so it, the other thing that was driving me nuts about this movie this happened about three times where somebody goes i know who the killer is i'll tell you later and i'll then tell they're you dead. later and then they're dead then the killer pops out of the, the chimney and murders them this happened on like three Absolutely. separate occasions. No, tell me now. I'm on the phone with you right now. What do you think? He's got your phone tapped? Tell me. But no, no one will. They're, they're robbing graves and they almost get the information. And yes. And they keep losing it. Basically, it's it, they never just figure it out. The killer ends up having to reveal himself with it, with his hijinks. Well, and it was like you said, the, the photographer worked for the paper is in there developing the film. Oh, yeah, there is a murder hand in this picture. And then immediately the murderer pops up. Right. It's just has, a hand. It's not an identify who it is. It was a very <laughs> identifiable hand. And I, who told who told the killer? Was he like listening at the window? I mean, he just happened to show up and murder that dude. I, he's just a murder. Yeah. He's murdering. I'm going to murder. Go ahead. Well, and I like that the photographer just every door for all the victims were always just kept ajar because Italy is the safest place in the world where you don't even close your door, much less lock it. Let's just leave it all open a crack. Let the scarpaccio yes. run back and forth through your house. So That's Italian we, for cockroach kids. Oh, I better write that down. We yeah. knew that the killer was in that room at the beginning of the movie because the guy who had the information called that room and somebody got on the phone. So you knew it was one of like the, the top scientists at the clinic, right? That's all we knew. So it was, it is that kind of like, let's solve this mystery. Um, But it's like, again, at one point, Carl Malden's like, our lives could be in danger. Maybe we should just bow out of this. And I kept thinking that might be a good idea. What do you yeah. think? You are the you are the crazy blind dude who's a guardian for like a little eight year old girl. Yes, maybe you, maybe think about that. You well, it was funny. So he's the blind man, but he has kind of like a, a magic cane. He like hits a button and like a blade comes out. You're blind. Blind fury. Oh, you start to start stabbing into the. <laughs> you're right. He's Rucker he's Hauer. Hauer. He's Rucker Hauer in later episodes. He's a ninja. Later in the movie, when they're investigating the, the the crypt, you see you see Carl Malden get kind of pulled off. Ah, 
And I'm like, well, he's dead. After all, he is a blind man. And yet, five seconds later, Carl Malden comes back with his special sword cane. He's like, I, I killed that. I stabbed that dude easy. 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 You're blind. And he lived. He just, he just bounced. Everybody else, even the dude who only had a picture of his hand, dead. Carl Malden, peace. I, I, I gave him a little pokey poke, and he went on his way. After I well, coughed he, up all the evidence. He captured, right, he stabs the killer once, but of course he's blind, so he has no idea. Then later, he captures the killer. How? I mean, this is some, you're like Daredevil or so at this stage of the game. If you're no, grabbing the, the killer. He the spidey senses. The spidey senses tingle. Right. Give me a tingling. moment where he's like, wait a minute. Just by using my super hearing, I can navigate areas I've never been before. Because otherwise, you're dead. You're dead, pal. And now you've got your little, uh, your ward is now somebody else's ward, I guess, at that stage of the game. Bizarre. When the, when the helper monkey is kidnapped, uh, Carl Balden goes into a, a, a spell where he becomes like the wound up top. He's like my Roomba who's just bouncing off the walls. He's deliberately like running into furniture, backing up, crashing into other furniture. Da, 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 da. It's fabulous. Well, it, it was great because Carl Malden creeps back into the crypt with now his bloody sword cane. And James Francisco is like, whoa, hang on. Are you the killer? He's blind. He's blind. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to hide back here by the wall. Hopefully he won't know yeah. where I'm at. Where are you, James? I don't remember his name. Go ahead. It's possible that he wasn't blind because he, he's not like the the dude from uh, uh from Kane, you know. It's not like he has Kung just Fu. like white glazed over eyes. He had like normal looking eyes. He, it could all <laughs> be a lie. Blind people don't always have the pupilless, you know, grasshopper eyes from Kung Fu. Like, like you stared at Mercury until your eyes boiled. Correct. I mean, you're right. At that moment, I'm like, maybe he is the killer. Except for the fact that James Francis was hiding away and Carl Malden's like, where are you? Where are you? Call me. <laughs> Very upsetting. Who knows? What's I'm not trying to make fun of the blind. But, you know, they're, they're handicapable. Well, they can do anything Alden we can is do. not, in fact, blind. He's blind. <laughs> We're making fun of Carl Malden act, pretending like he's blind. Yes, clearly. So now that we've <laughs> succeeded in offending all of our blind listeners, uh, what else you got? Let's here? move on, and we will now offend our Trump supporters and gay listeners. Uh, so one of the people they're investigating is a German scientist named Braun. Yes. Now, we didn't really see Braun. Now, we know he's not the killer because he doesn't have brown eyes. True. He's a but he does have hair. a hellacious comb over. Did you see that? That His comb oh over my God. was freaking ridiculous. It's more amazing than Donald Trump. It literally starts right above his ears, and it's a series of ringlets and waves where you don't know when something started or ending. It is memor If you look at the top of your head, his head, seems okay. You look above his ear, you're like, I had never seen a part above your ear. And you can tell he's got like that wispy, baby, fine, blonde hair. Like, like he has the down of a duck, except for the parts that all just fell off in chunks. <laughs> Look, I am a man that has no hair, okay? Let me give you some, some hints. If you have parts deep down on the side of your head, that's a clue. If you have two parts, that's a sign. If you have a part in the back of your head, that's a sign. And you also have to remember, it must take you freaking hours to construct this monstrosity. It's better just shave your you head. You have to date a hairdresser. Yeah. Yes. Let you it would. go. Let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. I think let it's it easier go. for Bald. <laughs> let it go. I think <laughs> it's easier for Bald Man. And you, as not a Bald Man, I, I just think it's more, I don't know. 
people are starting to think it's sexy. And I think it's, you can thank our African-American friends. I think the last 20 years, uh, African-American men have been shaving their heads, looking sharp. And then that rolled over into the, we have all these action dudes, white dudes that are also shaving. You got your, uh, Jason who are the guys who are, who are, Yes! Oh, he's so fine. He's made with wine. So they've made it all cool and accepting versus maybe, I don't know, the 70s or 80s. People people might shrink back in horror going, why is your head shiny? Why you no have hair? Well, here's here's what I've you're learned. Not, you're not a hideous freak. That, that is true. What, what I've learned <laughs> is your hair will never look cool again. But no one will recoil or make fun of you the way they will if you have a crazy tube or a crazy comb over. If you have a crazy tube or, or a crazy comb over, then you get the finger points and the giggles. So there you go. You way too many people you have cameras. You will be all over the ticker talker. And you're not fooling anybody. Freak? I, I really should have... I really should have planned better. I should have tried to come as a person with thin blonde hair, or at least there it was at one time. I should have come up with my own sort of comb over for those of us that are watching, in fact, on YouTube, where I, I can give yes. myself like a oh, there we go. There it for, is. For, for you listening, you need to tune in. I got it. I got it. I like I'm We're like a nineteen seventies news reporter now. Boom. It See? Is, it is I just need to smoke ridiculous. a cigarette on live TV. <laughs> it is. Well, and, that, and that's the 100%. thing. It's no, no one is fooled by your ridiculousness. That's the, the cold hard reality. And what do you look like when you just roll out of bed? Like you have a crazy like Sam Kinison long old hair on this side and nothing on this side. You look like yes. a like riffraff from uh from freaking Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's a horror story. Don't do it. There, There's a freak on 90 Day Fiance who will not be without a hat. He has a hat that he sleeps with. His fiance tried to get him so she could at least see what it looked like, and it became a thing. I think she actually snatched the hat at one point, and he almost he had a complete meltdown. So he has a separate ball cap that he sleeps with. So apparently that's the situation you're dealing with. Well, and let me, let me, t I love how we're talking about this for 20 minutes. I will wear hats. <laughs> I will wear hats outside. So I don't get a, a hellacious sunburn on my head. Okay. I don't, you won't see me at a fancy dress ball wearing a baseball cap. However. Okay. Got to draw a line with a monocle. With a monocle <laughs> and my baseball cap. Anyway. Moving on. At one point, at one point, the killer attempts to murder James Franciscus by injecting some kind of poison into his packets of milk that were left on his doorstep. I was, I didn't know what the hell these things were for the longest time. I, I, I never seen. I mean, I heard Canada milk is delivered in bags, but I didn't know what the. F that was why right. do they have triangular milk i will tell you they do not have that now but what is that and the milkman just throws it up like a softball against your door and you pick it up <laughs> and then you it's just so leave it on the table for five or six hours before you drink your nice warm room temperature milk out of yes the, a sphere not a sphere what is it a pyramid it was like a pyramid yes it's like D, D dice is what it was yeah, the, the the milkman pelts your door like with a water balloon, and then you pick it up <laughs> six hours later, 12 hours later, who the hell knows? He brings it in, and it's obviously leaking from the puncture wounds from the from the poisonous syringes. He James Franciscus could give a shit. He's like tossing it on the table, milk just splattering everywhere. And after getting nookie. From the daughter slash kept woman of the guy who runs the 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 lab, he hops up, throws on a trench coat, and says, "Hey, how about some milk? A little milk, poised co coital milk, as one does. What do you say?" 
this has got to be just the whole thing has to be just semen because literally as she's coming in it's sitting they kept a thousand close-up of old milk on the coffee table that is leaking Yes. She shows up and and has like the first person to ever have Velcro in 1971 that just detaches her top so you can see her tits. And yes. the, the, their whole love scene is the more they're, they're getting into it, the more the milk is leaking. More close-ups of the milk yes. with them in the background. So yes. by the time they're done with their business where she is late, it's not like uh, the 80s or 90s. It's pure 70s where she's laying there rigid on the couch waiting yes. for all the good love to be over. <laughs> you want to check her pulse, the... basically. Yes. She was a cadaver. And so when they're done, they show the milk that is now dripping everywhere. Yes. This, this is some perverse metaphor. And then he pours them each a giant tumbler. It was like you are yes. in Utah. Where it is, uh, you know, twenty ounces of of nice warm milk. It was it was a big is Tom Collins glass, filled to the brim, <laughs> frothing. And again, I, all I wanted was one moment for Jam- James Franciscus to be like, "Damn, this milk is leaking. That's irritating. Let me wipe off the milk that is splattered all over, <laughs> all over the counter in my in my love shack. That's all I needed. But no, I, I think. It- he still had the O brain, but after he poured, he picked up the slop milk, poured it, and then looked at the horrific mess all over his glass groovy table. And then, yes. of course, knew that it must be poison and like practically punches yes. her in the face to knock the milk as she's holding the glass on her lip for like 20 minutes before yeah, it was a 20 the Mississippi. Sip. No question. We don't... <laughs> and frankly... then to test it, he. Sh- Wait, he and to test it, he, he shoves his whole hand in it. Ah! <laughs> because all journalists know exactly what poison tastes yes. like. And if she couldn't couldn't put it to her lips, explain. Is it because he's a man? He's a I man, mean, baby. That, that f***ing milk was out so long, it was basically poison cottage cheese at that point. So who the hell knows... <laughs> Who knows what's going on? That would have been better. Sweet Jesus. Why have to pour it out and be like, oh, oh God, my God. Anyway. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I, I wrote it down, post-sex hot milk. That could be a, a name for a band. I wrote this down. This is a callback to when Carl Malden and James Franciscus are scoping out the crypt. James Franciscus goes inside and Carl Malden stays outside. And I wrote down, blind man as lookout. <laughs> not a great plan to say the least well i like their lock smith capabilities yes it, well, it's padlocked so it shouldn't take much the, well he he finds a guy in a bar who is somehow doing no like not a, that dude i mean at the crypt yes it was padlocked. He literally just rattles it twice and the whole thing oh, just right. falls off. Then why because... did he hire the guy at the bar? It makes no oh, sense. That... No, he hired the guy at the bar to break into the office to find yes. out that the girl was was his adopted daughter, sex traffic, coochie mama. And it, it was totally just or a red hair. Sex milk. Yeah, hot sex, exactly. It was there just because he finds like the journal and flips through it, and it's literally one sentence on each page. Yes, I have adopted Anna Marini to be my love slave slash daughter. She doesn't really care for my old ass, though. So sad. Like, literally one sentence. Yeah, unnatural. Should I be having these unnatural feelings about my daughter? My adopted daughter. That I, that I adopted in Thailand. <laughs> give or a shit. Right. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I thought yeah. she was American, quite frankly. Seemed like it. Any other uh, thoughts and feelings you got on Cat O' Nine Tails? Oh, at the very end. Yes. Uh, a- after old blind Carl Malden uh, is getting ready to run through uh, Homie, the police come a running 
and uh, what's his name? Cassini jumps into the elevator shaft and you have this close up oh, of his God. hands as he's sliding down the cable. Smoke is coming off. It was a great, it was a great scene though. Barehanded down the steel cables for 30 smoke. seconds close up where I'm just like, that was an Argento moment. No question. That was beautiful. Oh, I thought Jesus. it was a little short on those moments. I mean, yes, the guy in the trade, I, I, I was starting to drift, but you can't drift because you weren't reading subtitles. But I was like, I sat bolt upright. I was like laughing, <laughs> writing every, all my notes down. It looks like when you run over a Kindle. Yay. Yes. That was the greatest well, scene. If you see anything, you got to watch that. The the only scene that kind of, I mean the hand on the steel cable scene kind of upset me, but there was a scene where the woman's being strangled, uh, and for entirely too long, where she's foaming at the mouth because she's being strangled and they're fo- like drools. I'm like, okay, we get it. She's dead. Wrap it up. Wrap it up, big guy. I almost thought she was being raped. I, I, for a moment, I thought she was being raped, but they wouldn't have gone that far in Italy. They saved that for zombie and stuff. They saved now, it for zombie. Because it was like this kind of rhythmic choking. I was like, ooh, what's yes. going on here? No, that's true. Later in the movie, James Franciscus seems to be cha- running after the, the killer with no idea of what he's going to do once he catches him. Because he, like, he runs up and then promptly gets his ass kicked. It gets hit with, it was like, what was your, you knew he was a murderer. What was your plan other than take a beating? Well, one, he is like stripped down. He's like half the Marlboro man. And, and he's basically, well, I mean, I have to say the, the professor is a young guy. So it was yeah. probably be a fair match. Right. Right. Plus he's got the crazy behind him. I do have I, one thing that I did write down. Go ahead. After the, the first person was killed, they get the report from the medical examiner. The medical examiner uh, decides that, in his opinion, clearly, whoever did this is a maniac. That's an expert medical opinion. No question. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> no, no, no. It can't be that. It can't be any reason. He's a maniac. On the floor. <laughs> there you have it. Shall we go behind the scenes? <laughs> Lay it on me, brother. Oh, wait. Uh, go ahead. The wallpaper? The weird gold wallpaper in the girlfriend's house? Yes. It was like clouds or dripping rain? Yes, I noticed that. Yeah, it was like somebody threw like a was sponge like, at the wall. I, 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 it's like I wanted to like it, but why would I have liked it? Because it's so terrible. So there, there was a lot of cool, groovy, plastic, you know, Italian bits and bobs there, but that was not one of them. I agree. Behind the scenes. Continue. The scene, where Giordani, the scene where Giordani meets Anna Terzi at her father's house is a reference to the scene in the novel Big Sleep. By Raymond Chandler, where Marlowe first meets Vivian Reagan at her father's house. Portions of the dialogue are verbatim. Oh, shit. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, I've seen The Big Sleep uh, many times. I didn't pick up on that, but I sure would not have picked up on on the visuals. Well, there you go. Although... One of the most one of his most successful films, this is the least favorite of Dario Argento among his pictures. And why is that, sir? He didn't care for it. I don't know. What am I, his biographer? He's like, I don't care for it, and I will not tell you why. Nothing else you need to know. I will say no more. (laughs) Good day, sir. Um, I said good day. (laughs) During during the nighttime burglary at the Terzi Institute, a doctor can be heard whistling Ennio Morricone's tune from Dario Argento's movie, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, opening. So it's kind of a, a callback, if you will. Um, I found it interesting that Ennio Morricone did the uh, the soundtrack for a lot of these movies. You know him from like uh, Good, the Bad, the Ugly, uh, all those Clint Eastwood Italian oh. spaghetti westerns. So right. There you go. Well, because I'm all used right. to Goblin. I want the Goblin. Yeah. 
uh, soundtrack. So this is kind of a, a more of a classic sound rather than weird, weird synthesizers and things. We do love the weird synthesizer. I'm so mad I didn't buy that Goblin album when I saw it at the used record store. Very upsetting. It'll come back to me. If it's meant to be, it'll come back to me. Uh, you mentioned this before. This is the second entry in director Dario Argento's animal trilogy between the bird with the crystal plumage and four flies on gray velvet. This is all in 7071. So there you go. Good stuff. We're on. We're, we're going down the path, friends. We're going down our new Jalo podcast. <laughs> Nothing but the Jalo. Uh, let's talk about the cast and crew, shall we? Shall we? Uh, the director, Dario Argento, you know him for Deep Red, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Phenomena, Opera, Suspiria, Tenebrae, the list goes on and on, for God's sakes. Uh, let's talk about the cast. James Franciscus played Carlo Giordani. You know him from such amazing things as Beneath the Planet of the Apes. He was in Cat of Nine Tales. He was in the uh, Chuck Norris movie Good Guys Wear Black in 1978. He was the voice of Jonathan Livingston Seagull in 1973. Oh, good Lord. I didn't know that was a thing. Went from book to a movie. That. that was the book. Yeah. It was the book. Um, I also saw him in a movie on Mystery Science Theater 3000 called Killer Fish about piranhas in a lake, uh, also starring Lee Majors and Karen Black. So there nice! you go. It's nice. Nice. Why haven't we reviewed that? Uh, he was fine. List. I mean, he was fine. He was fine. He was what else fine. can we say? He gets the job done. I mean, he he should. He probably better than Piranha movies. A little bit better than that, but uh, maybe he's I difficult. Mean, he's, he's a good actor, but I mean, he's, he's fine. He's <laughs> he's fine. Carl Malden played Franco Arno, the blind puzzle guy. You know yep. him from A Streetcar Named Desire in 1951. Yep. On the waterfront in 1954. He did some stuff. He did. 1970, he played Omar Bradley. He was in Baby Doll in 1956. Yikes, not familiar. He was was a very successful actor. Anybody else you want to know about from all these Italian actors? Who's that? Who's the blonde chick that uh, Giordano calls a whore, basically, after he he gives her the hot milk bone? (laughs) The hot, the hot milk foam. What was her name? Uh, Anna Terzi. Uh, she was played by Catherine Spack. She was a French actress. Okay. Um, you know her. She did a lot of Italian films, as you might imagine. She was uh, in Il Sorpasso in 1962. Cat of Nine Tales. The Empty Canvas in 1963. And Crazy Desire. Also- in 1962. There's such European titles. Classic. Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about the rating, shall we? Let's go. Let's go. Cat and Nine Tails. Currently. 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you know what the audience gave it? Mm, 68. 54. Interesting. Because, Dar, I, I'm telling you, the Rotten Tomato, it, it's probably more recent thing. Because it's like you in the 80s, Italians, and they're Dario Argento. He is an icon. This is their, this is their jam. And they're people who love him. I can wear my Suspiria shirt, be bopping around, and people will stop me. Suspiria! It's true. They're Just hardcore. shout it at you on the they're street. They're hardcore. No! For sure, it happened. I bought a, a Suspiria shirt when I was in Italy. Not hard thing. to find, believe it or else. Let's talk about the top critics. There's only two top critics that mentioned uh, Cat and Nine Tales. Anton Battelle from Little White Lies says, 
The film's nine disparate leads will eventually be synthesized, but on the way, there are a lot of blind alleys, false trails, and red herrings, as much obscuring blind as revealing alleys. the solution in a matter that recalls the parable of the blind man and the elephant. That's a review. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm like little white lies. Isn't that that uh, HBO show? Somebody from is. the cast uh, wrote that review. <laughs> they asked their opinion. Ed Gonzalez oh, of Pretty Little Liars of uh, Slant Magazine says, "Set against a backdrop of genetic research and espionage, Argento's formal obsession with allusions to seeing and sightlessness is on fierce display." So there you go. Is it espionage when you're just doing it to blackmail a dude? Espionage is when like Bear goes over to Smith Klein or whatever to steal secrets. Not just one homie blackmailing his co-worker. I'm not sure that's espionage. It is espionage, damn it. I say it's espionage. (laughs) It's not blackmail. We established that they said it was not blackmail, but uh, I say it is It is also not espionage. <laughs> that is true. Sweet Jesus. So, thank you. Oh, our reviews. What's your review, Aaron? Oh, sweet Jesus. What's happening, Kevin? Go get a cup of coffee. Rails. I need one. My review is, it's, it, it was enjoyable. It is not my favorite, but it has some choice little bits and pieces. Uh, If I didn't have to read the subtitles, I might have drifted. But since I had to actually read to to stay alert to what was going on, I am going to give it three out of five. Heads popping like a grate at the train station. And I don't know where this is. I think it was uh, Milan or something. The police officer in a giant empty office seemed to be looking over at the Cathedral of Milan, but I could be wrong. Uh, I think I agree with you. I'm going to give it three out of five poison milk splattered around the bedroom, if you know what I mean. Poison milk hot sex. That's (laughs) correct. Absolutely. It was was entertaining. Little slow. A little slow. Um, And again, it's like... I think the things that I think of as being very Argento in many cases were kind of downplayed in this movie. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it didn't have I'm, that. I'm kind way of... off. I'm way, way off. It's me. shot in Berlin, Tur- Torino. They sh- a lot of his films, he must be from there in Torino and then yeah. uh, Cinecita in Rome. So maybe it was Rome. Well, there you go. I, I mean, Mussolini's- again, studio i think it oh, was no. enjoyable Tony. Sorry. i thought it was i gotta enjoyable. get my shit straight sweet jesus i thought it was enjoyable but uh it's by no means i, I i've seen better from him in my opinion so there you go correct correcto Correcto. So thank you very much. Go to our page on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on threads. You may be watching us on YouTube at this very moment, in which case, good on you. You can also email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. Gmail. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere the finer podcasts are available. So don't forget to like, share, rate, and review. Won't you? Aaron, what's your social media? I am on the media. I am on Operation X. I'm on a thread. I am on the... uh, What is it? The Gram. I am the Cult of Aaron. Join the cult. I'm Don't Feed the Pigeons. I have a personal photography account on uh artsy and first dibs aaron doherty check it out and i was right it was the the fascist studio i should have gone with my first instinct boom as you know we like to have a reader viewer listener mail and read it on the show so let's do that right now shall we yay talking about uh the film we did a few weeks back Face Off. 
Uh, <laughs> <I bet. laughs> Eric Upright says, I saw this in theaters and I still think about it all these years later. I could eat, <laughs> I could eat a peach for hours. LOL. So yes. Ah. <laughs> Arthur Glover said, didn't realize that John Woo essentially ripped off his own movie face off when he made mission impossible Two. And I said, mind blown because it's, there's a whole scene. If you haven't seen mission impossible two, where they're wearing masks, like where uh, Tom Cruise is wearing the mask of the bad guy for half the thing and fooling people. So there you go. It's a reoccurring motif. Good times. Speechless. <laughs> Speechless. Boom. I don't watch <laughs> Tom Cruise movies. I find him irritating. <laughs> Next week, we'll be discussing the horror brand new classic, Talk to Me, starring many, many Australian actors. Uh, we Good day, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do an Australian accent. It always turns into Cockney when I do it, which is not the same thing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so we had to go to the theater to watch it. In all likelihood, so will you. But spoiler alert, it's well worth your time. So check that out. I would agree. Don't bring the so, kids. So, bring, well, maybe, maybe not. So... <laughs> Send in your favorite scenes, favorite quotes, comments, and questions, and we may talk about it on the show. So thank you very much, and be well! Be well! Be well.